14. And uh, this, is, this is a really cool passage. The Lord laid this on my heart a couple of weeks ago. I've been really keen to share it because I believe that we are being molded at the moment against our will sometimes. And, and I believe, you know, you're going to be molded by something in your life. You are going to be shaped by something in your life. The question is what? So if we look at Jeremiah chapter 18, I'm going to read the first 10 verses and then we'll see what the Lord is saying about what's going on in our lives now. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, uh, sorry, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord is this, Arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house and there he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand and he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good for the potter to do then the word of the lord came to me O house of israel can i not do with you as this potter has done declares the lord behold like the clay in the potter's hand so are you in my hands O house of israel if at any time i declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that i will pluck it up and break it down and destroy it and if that nation concerning which i have spoken turns from its evil i will relent of the disaster that i will do to it but if at any time I declare concerning a nation or kingdom that I will build and plant it, and if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent of the good that I had intended to do with it. That's a very sobering verse when you think about our nation, isn't it? Because when you think of the laws that we have passed over the last many years, not just the current situation, but all of the other stuff that's come through, and the, the things that we do and think is okay in our nation... I'll tell you, if God doesn't judge Australia, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah because we are filthy. The things that we do and have done in our nation. And we should be ashamed of much of that. But I talked last week about the incredible destiny that we have here. And so I want you to realize that in amongst, you know, the darker it gets out there, the more we can shine. Isn't that the truth? The darker it gets, if you light a candle in here, you won't notice it much. But if it's pitch black and you light a candle, you'll really notice it. And the darker it gets out there, that's I believe God is calling us to shine even brighter. Don't you? So I talked last week about the destiny we had in this place. The destiny God has for every one of us. Um, God's planted us here in Nambour for a purpose, not just because the parking's good. He's planted us here because he has a destiny for this city and for this area and for this nation and we are part of that destiny but i also mentioned that destiny is not determined by circumstances but by choices that's what dave just shared he made a series of bad choices then when he started making when he had this encounter with jesus he started making good choices and so his destiny was turned around at that point why because he made the right choices if you, if, if you don't like where your life is at today, you only have one person to blame, and that's you and the choices you've made. But all is not lost, I'm telling you. <coughs> Choosing to be here with us is a good start to reach your destiny, but it still requires a response. Today, I want to give you the, the chance to make the greatest decision you can make in your life today, and that is to place your life in the hands of a God who loves you and has a plan and a hope for your destiny. That's what this is about. Now, with people focusing on all the rhetoric around COVID, etc. at the moment, I think it's time that we step back and stop looking at what's happening in our world, but look at our own lives, our destinies, and our moment in history. 
so much press space, so much discussion is, is, is just being eaten up by everything to do with COVID right now. Have you noticed that? What, else, what are you all talking about? Used to be the football, but it's not anymore. Both my teams lost this weekend and we're not talking football anymore. But what, you know, it used to be sport in this nation. Now, what is everybody talking about? Again, what, they're talking about anything to do with COVID. Vaccines, lockdown, all that sort of stuff. But I believe it's time that we looked at our lives. Just step back from all that junk and focus on what's real and eternal. At this moment in history, it is clear more than ever before, and probably more blatantly, certainly, than I can ever remember in my life, that someone is trying to force us to comply with its wishes to mould its citizens into the image it wants. That's what this is all about. But in the midst of governments, media and social media bringing pressures to bear to conform us to their pattern, beyond all the arguments, conspiracy theories and accusations, God too is shaping a people right now. He, they're not the only ones shaping you. God is shaping people right now. He's moulding them. He, he wants a people that will stand for what is right and true in this nation when no one else does. He's calling us to be people who will stand up and shine brighter than ever before because that is our destiny. We don't have to be... And I'm telling you, if you want to just sail through life achieving nothing and just existing, you probably won't be interested in this message. But if you have a desire to make a difference in this world in some way, if you'd like the world to be a better place because you passed through, then this could be an important message for you. Like Dave said, he went from a whole, you know, years and years and years of trying to satisfy his own desires and he found out that when he came to the Lord, put his, his life in the Lord's hands and totally yielded to him, all of a sudden there's people around the world, even over in India, getting blessed. What a great legacy to have that people in other nations know who you are and you're blessing them. Isn't that cool? This is from a guy who was looking at himself and all of a sudden looked out because God touched his life. So come with me to the potter's house. Like it or not, our lives are being constantly molded and shaped by external forces with or without our will. In the end, you'll become the product of what you allow to influence you. Let me say that again. You will become the product of what you allow to influence you. You allow are the operative words. Um, I actually did a bit of research and strangely came across a quote from Dr. Joseph Goebbels, who was the propaganda minister for the Nazi regime. And he said this, if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. That's propaganda. Now, we don't know lie from truth out there, honestly. None of us do. But what they are trying to do, what the world is trying to do, and it's not, I'm not just talking COVID here. If you think about it, our minds have been shaped for a long time by the forces around us. They really have. If you listen to the government or media, they will shape you and conform to their mold. If you listen to your friends, they can mold you, can't they? If you listen to your, your family, your parents, maybe they can mold you. If you listen to God, he will be able to shape and mold your life. So who are you going to listen to? The question is not whether someone will shape your life. The question is, who are you going to allow to shape your life today? Who are you going to allow to, to make a mold out of you? Who are you listening to? Romans 12 verse 2. It's a great verse, especially for these times. It says this, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is his good, acceptable, and perfect will. Now, the word for conform, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. The word for conformed in Greek is schizomatio, which means to fashion or to pattern. So the world has a pattern. It wants to fit you into its pattern. It wants to shape you to fit in its pattern. And some Christians, I mean all of us in some way, we fall victim to this. And I'm not just talking about the current situation. You think back a few years when they were bringing in same-sex same marriage and transgender and all that sort of stuff, which I'll probably get in trouble for mentioning, but whatever. All right, when they're bringing all this stuff in, I had Christians coming to me saying, oh, I don't know which way I should vote. I said, okay, have you read the Bible? Yeah, but I don't know which. And see, what's happening is that, that, that we're questioning things that, that, were, that have been taught for centuries, that, that our fathers and their fathers and their fathers grew up just accepting as normal, and all of a sudden we're saying, oh, it's not normal anymore. We're changing all the rules. And that's why the Bible is so powerful, because it gives us a non-changing dimension on some of these questions, like sexuality and morality and all that sort of stuff. Because if you allow yourself, your mind, to be shaped by the government and by the media, it will not line up with the Word of God. And we will reap what we sow. Trust me, we will reap what we sow. I'm fearful to look a generation down the, the, the road and to what our young people are going to be thinking about and have become as a result of the decisions that we made back here. See, where our minds are constantly being shaped. So who's behind all this shaping ultimately? Absolutely. It's not Mark Zuckerberg. It's not Bill Gates. It's ultimately, if we don't let God shape us, then the world is going to shape us. It's not them. But if we don't shape, if we don't, if we don't allow God to shape us, somebody else is going to do it. All due respect, right? Someone else is going to do it. Two Corinthians four verse four says this: In their case, the God of this mind has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Satan blinds people's minds and he molds them in a different direction. Now God used a lot of illustrations when he talked to Jeremiah. He said, "He said, take a loincloth and, and hide it under a rock, and a whole bunch of other things." But I really like this illustration because it's simple and I get it. He said, go down to the potter's house. So come with me now. Let's, let's see if we can figure out what God is saying through this illustration. It's actually a parable, if you like. God is the master potter and we are the clay. So the potter's house, it has, it, it's a, like many prophetic words, it has two prongs to it. The first one is a national message to the nation of Israel where he says quite, quite plainly, if you don't obey me, it's going to go all bad for you. So that's where it was primarily addressed. But it also has a, a meaning to us too as individuals because we are, are still responsible for and will deal with the consequences of the decisions we make, both good and bad. Isaiah 64 verse 8 says this, But now, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hand. We are all the work of his hand. He shapes us. He molds us. And so I think that the call right now is what's going to shape you. Because if we let the forces of evil shape us, that's, we will bear consequences for that. But if we let God shape us, then we'll have consequences for that. So what is God saying here? 
Number one, he's talking about how we are made. Jeremiah 18 verse 3 says this, So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. You know, if you think about potters, they're sitting down, they're working at their wheels. Have you ever seen a potter work? Some of you may not have seen this, but I have. And overseas it's really interesting because nothing's kind of motorized. So they've got their feet on this, this kind of a, a stone thing and they're moving their feet like they're sort of dancing like this, making the stone go around so that they can do it. We sort of have motorized ones here. takes all the fun out of it. But these guys have great leg muscles because they do this all day and the wheel goes round and round. So the eyes looking down at the clay should remind us of God's omniscience, which means he sees everything. Nothing is hidden from him. He knows everything. He has a design in mind. He sees something in the clay that others cannot see. And when God looks at you, he sees something in you that others can't see. When God looks at you, he sees incredible potential. He sees all the amazing things that you could do, the amazing uh, experiences that you could have. He doesn't see you the way others see you with all of your faults. Maybe someone's told you you're weak or you're flawed, or maybe someone said you'll never amount to anything. But God sees through all that because he has a plan and a hope and a destiny for each and every one of us. Isn't that exciting? And they can make whatever legislation they like, but they can't take God's design away because the potter has a design in mind. Then he places his hands on the clay, and, and, and the hands should remind us of the omnipotence of God. He can take that piece of clay. Omnipotence means all powerful. He can take that piece of clay and he can make it into anything he wants. He can make it into a, uh, you know, a, a, a plate or he can make it into a cup or he can make it into anything he wants. He has the power to shape you into the perfect vessel. But then underneath, as I said, these, these little feet are working and this reminds us of God's omnipresence, which means he's present everywhere at the same time. Whatever the revolving circumstances of life, God is at work there. And so the master potter creates a vessel and the the thing is, clay is just clay, but it has tremendous potential. I mean, have you ever seen clay that, that's just clay? I mean, have you dug in my garden at times? If you get down far enough, what do you hit? Clay. And what grows in clay? Weeds. Yeah, and nothing. And, and, but, but clay, it's, it's, there's no magic to it. It's, it's dirty. It's sticky. Sometimes it's even smelly. But it can be fashioned into a plate or a cup or all kinds of things, depending on what depending on what the, the father wants, the potter wants. So what God can do when he gets a hold of some pieces of human clay is incredible. We've just heard testimony of God, how God turned Dave's life around because he yielded to him and suddenly he was molded in a different direction because the master potter was on the job. Think of what God could make of you if you allow him to be what he wants you to be instead of what you want. And in this image, we also see definite intention. See, the, the potter designs the, 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 the pot or whatever he's creating. He designs it for a specific purpose that brings honor and glory to himself. That's how we're made. That's what we're created for. God did not make you to be a, to be a piece of dirt. He didn't make you to be a smelly piece of clay. He made you to be someone special. He made you with a plan and a purpose. And the purpose is not just about you, it's about all the people that you can bless if you yield your life to the potter. So that's the first thing, how we're made. The second thing is how we are marred because it says uh, in verse uh, 4 there, the parable takes a tragic turn. It says that the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. 
And that's the story, folks, of the human race. We are marred, are we not? We are flawed. Is anyone here perfect? Look at that. No hands right. Oh, put mine down. <laughs> no one here is perfect. We're all spoiled. We are all spoiled in some way. The Hebrew word is sahat, which means corrupted, spoiled, ruined, or perverted. See, something has caused the clay to be marred. It's not the problem with the hands of the potter. He sees the floor. Something's wrong. Maybe it's a bubble or it's a, some sort of other complication or a hard clod or something like that. I don't know much about pottery. But whatever it is, it's unyielding to his touch. And so what he does is he, he reworks it. And see, that's our problem. We are all born with a flaw, the fatal bubble of original sin. I don't know, you know, we're thinking about babies and stuff a bit at the moment. We had uh, Kaylee's birthday yesterday. There were kids everywhere, which was really exciting, kind of, a bit scary. Um, but I remember when my first daughter was born, Tara, and uh, I, I, I looked at it and I thought, finally, I have, I have a little angel. I have someone beautiful here, this beautiful little baby. And so I, I, I used to get beside her and I used to talk to her and I say, I knew what her first word would be. I kept saying, Daddy, 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 Daddy. And then all of a sudden, a little while down the track, she came out with her first word. And what was it? No, it was no. <laughs> you fell into that one, didn't you? All of a sudden, her first word is no. And I realized I had a little sinner on my hands like everybody else. And I don't care who you are, we're all sinners. We don't have to tell children how to behave badly. We have to tell them how to behave well. We don't have to tell them to be selfish. They, they do that naturally. It's called sin. And we have to teach them to... We don't have to tell them to lie. They just do that naturally. We have to teach them to, tell, to say the truth. And that's what parenting is all about. It's why it's so easy. I'm only kidding. It's not easy. But that, that is also why we have broken lives, broken homes, broken institutions and broken organizations, broken families, everything. We have it around because people are basically selfish. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's all of us. That's you and me and everybody else. We're all sinners. We all have this flaw. But be careful because this parable illustrates that if the clay refuses to yield to the potter, the potter has to junk it. But he looks at this clay in the parable and he says, no, I can make something out of this. In Isaiah 45 verse 9 it says this, Woe to him who strives with him, who formed him, a pot among the earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Your work has no handles. I mean, we, how can it be that puny, sinful, corrupted man just criticizes God straight out? We think we know better all the time, don't we? Am I right? If you don't believe me, get on Facebook. You'll find a generation of people that will criticize everybody and anything, anytime. Things they would never say to your face, they get on Facebook and they say to you. Things that they would never admit to believing, they'll get on Facebook and support. And just listen to conversations that people have. People, people are presuming to tell God how to run the universe. God, if you're there, you shouldn't let this happen. You shouldn't, like, you, we want to order him around. He's not a performing dog. That's dyslexia. It's not dog, it's God. God is not there to listen to what, to be ordered around by what we want to do. I talk to Christians all the time and they want to run their own life. They want to be their own master. 
and they decide what they'll do and then they ask God to bless it. Come on, we've all been here. This is what I'm doing, Lord. I want you to bless it. And if he doesn't, we get mad at him. But the fact is we need to yield to the potter and say, Lord, shape and mold me. You tell me, Lord. Not me tell you. Does the pot say to the potter, why did you make me like this? We have to be open to what he is doing. The only thing we can do is to yield to him. 2 Timothy 2 verse 21 says this. <coughs> if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. Set apart as holy. We sang that before. Set apart. Useful to the master of the house. Ready for every good work. Ready to do your will. See, the potter has a plan. And, his plan, and, and, and if, it, if we step out of line and sin, he can take that and remold that and rework that if we will yield to him. We need to yield and place ourselves in the potter's hand. And the potter is then allowed to shape us and remove the flaws and mend us properly. The third thing about the potter is he shows us how we amend it. See, we're made, then we're marred, but we're also made. This is the good news. If you're soft towards the Lord, he can fashion you and remold you. It says in Jeremiah 18 verse 4 again, And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good for the potter to do. So this is the good news. This is how we're meant. He takes us and, and he remakes us again into something incredible. He takes the broken, marred pieces of your life. He takes the flaws. He takes the failures. He takes the heartaches and the pain. And he can remold that into something new, something special. Aren't you glad that God is the God of second chances? And third, aren't you glad? Boy, I am. He did it with Jonah, Mark and Peter. He did it with Saul, who was called Paul, Jacob and David. And he does it with you and I. We are marred spiritual wrecks. But God says, if you will let me, I will take the broken vessel of your life and I will remake it anew. Remember we used to sing that song, Something Beautiful, Something Good. Sing it with me, God. Oh, my confusion, he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. And he made something beautiful of my life. That's the message today. If we will yield to him, he will make something beautiful of our life. That's what happens when you're born again. And we need to be born again. We use it. Born again is a phrase that people throw out there and they look down on you. Oh, you, oh, you were born again. Boy, I hope I am. Oh, oh I ought to be. Because I was born wrong the first time. I was born with the, fa the fatal flaw of sin, as is everybody. But the incredible thing is you can be born again so that you can be reborn. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You can be made whole. And that means whatever you've done in the past can be forgiven. Whatever flaw or addiction you once gave into can be overcome. Am I right, Dave? That's true. Because God makes new creations of us. I talk to so many people, they're controlled by whatever's gone on in the past. If you've had a broken life, God can rebuild it. If you had a broken marriage, God can rework it. If you've had broken relationships with people you love, God can remend those. 
because God is not going to throw you on the scrap heap and let you go. He wants to shape you and mold you as the potter does in his, in his studio there, to take you and mold you into something incredible. He shapes us and molds us into the image of his son. When you're saved, that is a once decision. When you say, Lord, I, I give my life to you, and I hope if you haven't done that, you need to do that. Because if you, as I said at the start, if you don't let him shape your life, someone else will. And it's happening around us right now. So you need to yield your life to him and say, Lord, I give my life to you. That salvation happens in a moment. In just a moment, you say, Lord, I give my life to you. And you come into the kingdom of God. And you get eternal life. And you, the Holy Spirit is deposited in you. And he begins to change and work in, within your life as the master molds you. But that's the second part. It's called sanctification. See, salvation takes just a moment, but sanctification takes a lifetime. The molding bit takes a lifetime. As Dave shared, sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back sort of thing. But he still wants to shape you and mold you. And he has a design in mind if you allow him. He'll be shaping the vessel. He's carving away all the excess clay, getting rid of the bits that are not pertinent to the design to the purpose, to the intention of the vessels. But here's the warning. If you harden your heart, if the clay is fired and hardened, he cannot reshape that. Once clay is fired, once it goes hard, you can't reshape it. It has to be broken. If you want to redo it, you have to break it. You can't just reshape it. So every person is a chosen vessel unto the Lord and he has a purpose for all of us. And his purpose... You know, we shouldn't be telling him what he needs to do with us. We should be saying, Lord, here am I, use me. And some of us will finish up uh, on the mantelpiece and some of us will finish up in the kitchen of life. And all that matters is that we become the vessel that he wants us to be. Because, listen to me, you will never be fully satisfied and happy unless God shapes you into what he wants for you, not you. You can chase whatever you like your whole life, but if you allow him to mold you, then you'll finally have that peace in your heart and that incredible satisfaction of knowing God is using you. Jeremiah 18 verse 6 says this, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord, like the clay in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand. And then it goes on in Jeremiah 18, it says this, Now therefore say to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says the Lord, I am shaping disaster against you and devising a plan against you. Return every one of you from your evil ways. Amend your ways and your deeds. But they say that is in vain. We will follow our own plans and we, everyone will act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart. Isn't that where we're at right now in this nation? We've got, you know, people are trying to squeeze us and mold us different ways and, and folks are saying, it's all in vain. Doesn't even matter. The number one phrase I'm hearing at the moment with everything going on, it, it is what it is. Very profound. But that's what people, people are just like, oh, well, here's what it is. But look, if we, the problem is that we all want to follow our own plans, our own actions, according to the stubbornness of our evil hearts. That's mankind. That's all of us, unless we yield to the master potter. So God then goes on to say that if they're disobedient, they'll be shaped for destruction. But if they repent and they become obedient, they will be shaped for blessing. So the question to you this morning is, what do you want to be shaped for? Do you want to be shaped for destruction? Or do you want to be shaped for blessing? 
Do you want to yield to the Lord or do you want to yield to the other forces around you? Your destiny starts with a decision. And that's the bottom line. If you are stubborn and rebellious, you will miss out on blessing. I didn't say it, he did. If you are yielded to the Holy Spirit, the master potter will shape you and you will move into a destiny that will blow your mind. That's his promise to you. So my question to you this morning as I wrap it up is, can you say, Lord, shape me? Can you do that? People invest time and money into shaping all sorts of things. People put a lot of time and money into shaping their hair, ladies. They go to the gym to shape this area. I'm, I'm shaping my, you know, backside. I heard a comedian say the other day, I, I saw a girl with, 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 was in the gym and she <clears throat> was probably a little bit bigger, I'm guessing, and she was wearing leotards and they had yoga written on the front, but he said they should have McDonald's written on the back. Anyway, <laughs> but, you know, we... We, we, we do all these things to shape our body, to shape our hair, to shape... We read things to shape our mind. But if you're going to put your, hand, your life in the hands of the master potter, you can trust him to shape the whole lot. You really can. Romans 9, 21 to 20, uh, 20 to 21 says this. <coughs> but who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Let me say that again, folks. Who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to the molder, why have you made me like this? Has the, has the potter no, no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honourable use and the other for dishonourable? You know, what, what Paul is saying there is that God has the right to mould your life. Not these other things, but all it takes is, is to choose and say, Lord, I choose you. Over all the other things, I choose you to let you, I yield to you to mold my life. When I was a boy, <coughs> we, used, <coughs> excuse me, we used to sing a hymn. Who remembers this one? It went, have, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will while I am waiting, yielded and still. And I read, I haven't sung those words for a long time, but I thought, man, those words have real power. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Not mine, thine. That means your. You are the potter, or thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and shape me after thy will while I am waiting, yielded. And still. All God wants out of us is to be yielded and still so that He, the Master Potter, can take our life and mold us and make us and shape us, design us for the purpose which He intended. God created you. He has great plans and an awesome destiny for you. And I am begging you right now don't harden your heart to Him this morning. The Lord's looking throughout this room, He's looking there online. And he's looking for hearts that say, Lord, I want to be yielded to you. I want to be used of you. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter the failures or the pain that you've caused. None of that matters if you yield to him right now. In Hebrews 13, 15, it says this, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, because hard hearts will get broken, but soft hearts will get molded into the image of the king 
If you harden your heart, the only way ahead is for him to break you. He can't mold and shape you. But if you yield to him and say, have thine own way, if you are yielded and still, he promises he will mold and shape you. I believe that right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts. Some of us here have resisted God's molding for a while. You love God. You believe in God. But you just want to do it your way. There is no room for Frank Sinatra's song in the Word of God. How anybody can look at his life and sing regrets, I've had a few, but then again too few to mention. Really? Really? Because I believe, it's not time for us to do it my way. Now more than ever, this nation needs people who are doing it his way, who are yielded to the king and saying, Lord, have thine own way, Lord not mine own way, to let him refine you, shape you, mold you, maybe knock bits of rough areas off, maybe smooth out a few edges, some of us need that, to make you into the greatness he always intended for you. The Lord is speaking to people right here, right now. And, and what's going on here this morning? I'm just saying to you that in the midst of all the molding that you see going on around you, all these huge protests we had yesterday, and, you know, that's great. Let our leaders know that we're not happy with the way they're dealing with this. But don't let them shape you. No one has the right to shape you except the master potter. Yesterday, people were on the streets crying out for freedom of choice. That's what this is about. It's not about vaccines. It's about choice. And they're crying out for freedom of choice. But you have the freedom of choice right now. You can choose to yield to him to yield your life to the Holy Spirit or you can choose to go your own way. You may have resisted him in the past, but I believe the Lord is saying to all of us this morning, will you say, Lord, have thine own way? Will you mold me, shape me, and yield, be yielded to the Master's hands? That's what I believe God is saying to us this morning. Last week we talked about our destiny, destiny for this town, the destiny for our church, destiny for our lives, but today it's really personal. Because some of us have resisted this for a long time. And it's time to just yield it and say, Lord, have thine own way. It's the choices we make. Going into the nation of Israel, God set people on one hill and on another hill. And Moses said to them, it's your choice. Good or evil. It's your choice. You can follow those other gods if you want, or you can choose me. It's your choice. God gives us a choice. He doesn't mandate it. He gives us a choice. But the choice is that you're going to let the world shape you or you're going to let him shape you. Moses, in that passage, then goes, to, goes on to say, I said before you, life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life that you and your descendants might live. Choose life. That's his call to you this morning. Choose life. When you let him mold you, when you let him shape your life, that is true life. That's true living. It's not about, it's not about you doing what you want and getting your way. It's about saying, Lord, have thine own way. Mold me and shape me. Would you bow your heads? I want you to take a few moments 
and just ask the Lord and just say, Lord, am I yielded to you? Lord, am, am I in your hands? Are you molding me and shaping me? Because that is his call. That's his call to us today. Just take a few moments. Just look at your life. Look at the things you've done, the decisions you've made, the, the places you've been, the struggles you've had. This is your moment to say, Lord, I just want to yield. And I don't care if you yielded to the Holy Spirit last week or, or last decade. It's time for us to say, Lord, have thine own way. Have thine own way. Refine me, Lord. Mold me, shape me, refine me that I might do your will. We're going to sing this song through a couple of times. I want to open the front up here because I believe God's going to speak to many people this morning. So just yield to him afresh. If you want God to use you, he's not going to fight for you. He's going to wait for you to decide. But if you decide to mold me and shape then your life will be forever changed. For you. I want to give you the opportunity to respond to that. Let's just pray for a few minutes. Lord, speak to our hearts. We pray. Speak to our hearts. We want to yield. We want to be open to you. Refine us. God's speaking to your heart today. I want to lead you in prayer. This will be over very quickly. But I want you to open your heart to him and say, Lord, just listen. And just yield and yield it to him. So pray this prayer with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for doing things my way. Right this moment, I yield my life totally to you.